Sermon Underwear, a podcast where we explore the stories, conversations, and situations that lead up to the sermons preached here at First Lutheran Church in Milford, Iowa. This is Pastor Brian. And this is Pastor Perry. And we're continuing to look at and listen to Mark's gospel here, and we're starting chapter 2 this coming weekend here. Uh, So chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this fellow speak in this way? It's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves, and he said to them, why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk? but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Jesus went out again beside the lake. The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi son of Alphaeus, sitting in at the tax booth. He said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. So Jesus is back home, and he's been healing people. He's been uh, casting out demons, and he's become quite popular, so much so the text here says uh, people can't even fit in the front door. They're trying to get in, you know, think of uh, leaving a after the conclusion of a sporting event, you know, and the the wild and fun part of it's over, and now everybody just wants to get to their vehicle and get home as quickly as they can, and you're all packed in uh, trying to leave the gymnasium doors. That's kind of the scene you've got here, except they're trying to get in to see Jesus. And these four friends um, of the paralytic really want to get him in uh, to see Jesus, to experience the healing that they've been hearing about. And so a couple couple things that intrigue me about this when he brings when the four friends bring them in says Jesus saw their faith the faith of the four friends so you know interesting that Jesus doesn't make any note about the paralyzed man's faith it's these four friends and so I'm kind of wondering you know if you're listening to this 
if you had a point in your life where maybe a friend brought you to some uh, worshiping community, to a congregation, you know, it, you, maybe you yourself weren't necessarily sure what you thought or whether you even believed any of it, but it, maybe it was a, a family uh, or a friend that said, um, hey, I want to bring you here that you can experience what I've experienced or, or hear what I'm hearing. There's, there's something for you here. Um, so that's one of the things that stands out in that that first section about the paralytic. Yeah, that's that's a great point because it's 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 just interesting in in that it is the way it appears the friends of the faith or the, the faith of the friends that actually provide the the healing and the forgiveness uh, of this this person. And what a comforting thing, but also a great responsibility that lays upon um, each of us. Yeah, I think, and one could certainly hear that as a challenge, but there's something joyful about that too. You know, if you yourself have experienced, um, you know, like imagine a new doctor comes to the community, you know, and you've kind of been struggling finding the right one or <laughs> another example, use a, if you're particular about the, the way that you get your hair cut, you have a, you're looking for a particular hairstylist and and uh, maybe you have to try a few, but when you finally find the right one, you know, that's sort of information that you share. Same with the doctor. Oh, go to this one. Don't go to that one. Um, and so there's something kind of like exciting about, I've you want to see this one, you know, and that's yeah. kind of how I think of, yes, certainly commitment and, and uh, wanting to take care of your good friends. But there's also kind of this piece of excitement like, yeah. oh, man, you, you got to go to this one. Come, sure. Go see this one. I'll even yeah. tear through the neighbor's roof so you can get in to see him. You know? <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll drop you in. Yeah. Because this one is so good. Yeah. And then I think what Jesus says first had to have been somewhat of a shock, too. You know, they're taking their paralyzed friend and thinking, yeah, we know this doctor does this. He can heal. And Jesus' first words are, son, your sins are forgiven. Which is kind of, again, this like twofold thing. One, we actually don't hear from the friends or the paralytic. We don't hear the paralytic saying, I have sinned and I'm seeking out forgiveness. You know, there's no, uh, for those who felt, and maybe this is what the the Pharisees and those who feel that there's a right and proper order for these things overheard and were like, well, he's doing it the wrong way. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there is no confession. There is simply an absolution from Jesus yeah. for this man. Son, your sins are forgiven. Um, so I think that, and then the fact, again, that he was looking for healing from being paralyzed, not to have his sins forgiven, and so kind of upset expectations, um, perhaps on his part and the friends as well. He is healed, but it seems that maybe the, the primary issue is more than health. Right. The one, the one thing I wonder, and you get the sense of this in, in Scripture, is that when there was something wrong with you, it was because of what you had done. It was because you had sinned or your parents had sinned or um, however that may be. And so obviously I don't know, but it makes me wonder <clears throat> if Jesus is forgiving the sins first, saying none of this is a problem anymore. He still can't walk at this point. So it's not the sins that are an issue. Um, it's his physical body. Hmm. And so now let's deal with the physical body afterwards and say, stand up. 
yeah. I say to you, stand up, take your mat and go home. So to disconnect that association. Yeah, that's interesting. So the, so the scribes sitting there, they get kind of wild about this, and he, he's blaspheming, who can forgive sins but God alone? And here's kind of where as listeners or readers of Mark's story, we've we've kind of got the secret or inside information, which we would say, well, of course, uh, of course there's no issue there because this is, <laughs> this is God's son, but they haven't yet... Uh, come to this understanding. And then Jesus' question, which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk. Uh, but in order that there be no confusion about this, in order that you would know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. I like how you brought up, you know, he's breaking this association between the two, but he's also saying, whatever it is that's weighing on you, I've got this, you know, yeah. I, I can take care of this. Yeah. And and the whole part, you know, I mean, obviously, anybody can say your sins are forgiven. Not anybody can say to somebody, stand up and walk. Yeah. That that can't walk. And and so, so he's saying, not only, if you can't believe that I'm forgiving sins, believe this. Yes. Here's something you can't refute. Yeah. You you, know, he's, you're you're going to see this. He's going to get up and walk right through the middle of all of you. <laughs> And then plus, it says at once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were, dis- okay, discussing him. So they were actually talking about it. I was thinking they were just questioning in their hearts, why does this fellow speak in this way? It's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? So the way that I heard that, at least initially, is that they're not having that conversation, but they're going, what? What is mm-hmm. going on there? You know, how can he be saying that? They're not verbalizing it, and then Jesus comes out and says, oh, yeah, that question you got in your heart there, got it. Here's the answer for you. Yeah, right. That had to be a bit shocking, too. Like, (laughs) I can't even think think thoughts around this guy. He's going to be on to it. Right. Um, But interestingly, he's doing a similar thing there, too, by uh, beginning to address the the sin of doubt that's, that's present there and kind of saying, nothing can hide from me. You know, sure. that's kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, twofold, frightening uh, and wonderful at the same time because he deals with it. He doesn't mm-hmm. just say, oh, I'm going to let you sit there with that and and uh, let it go unaddressed, but even to say, I'm, I can deal with those. You know, uh, to tie it back to a uh, great conclusion of your message last week, you were talking about negative thought and kind of wrestling with that and how Christ says, be quiet, you know, and get out was was the passage we had last week. Similarly here, uh, to think that God knows what you're wrestling with and that he's not. Boy, I just heard somebody put it this last way last week, and it really stuck with me. It said, God loves you right where you are, and he loves you enough not to leave you the way that he found you. Um, yeah. And that was really powerful for me. And to think about that similarly again in this passage, like to know what he's, he knows what you're wrestling with. and. Yeah. Um, that he's not just going to say, hmm, well, you'll get through that with time, but to actually lift it up and yeah, deal with it. Right. It's easy to, to point out the problem and the struggles that we have, but the difficulty is to have something that then helps with that or fixes that. So really, this this whole passage, wrestling a lot with sin, uh, which brings me to one of my favorite passages in the Gospels, um, Jesus eating with the sinners. So first of all, we've got Jesus uh, goes along the lakeside. There's a crowd gathered around, and they taught him. He was walking along. He saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, 
Uh, and he said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed him. It goes to Levi's house, and many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples. Now, <laughs> I don't know that, uh, would you say the outlook on tax collectors has changed a great deal 2,000-some uh, years <laughs> later? <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. It depends. You know, um, the interesting part is that, that I'm now married to a tax collector. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yes. And is working at the treasurer's, treasurer's office at Dickinson County. And collecting so, taxes. Te- technically, she's a tax collector. So, Well, I was just going to say, if you're a tax collector and listening to this, there's, there's very good news for you here. Yes, so, very good news. Yes. Just a touch of background here. I mean, the reason that that, you know, this really would have sparked people's interest or got their attention that Jesus is eating with a tax collector. Uh, we're looking at a tax collector for the, the Roman Empire, who the Jewish people, uh, of which Jesus is among and one of, were being oppressed by, and then to have them be taxed by that Roman government. So it's kind of like, we're going to tax you to, and then turn around and use your funds to further oppress you. So it's kind of double whammy here uh, for why people would have been, you know, they're saying, you came to rescue us from exactly these kind of people and bring bring the hammer down on their head and bring justice, and now you're going to dinner with one of those? And I guess the other, the other part that's always struck me about tax collectors would be they were Jewish people who had, it would seem like they're traitors. So now you're, you're helping the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And the other part uh, of tax collectors is that whatever extra they could collect out of you, they got to keep. Oh, sure. Yes. So, yes. so uh, you know, yeah, yeah, the tax is 10, right? Mm-hmm. That's how much it is. So pay up, yeah. you know, yeah, or double what it was or whatever they could get. They weren't necessarily the most up and up people. Yes. Yeah, so exploitation on top of, so triple whammy we've got yeah. going here. Whether you can get your head around the, the tax collector piece and, and the implications of that, you can you can look at our nation right now. And I guess if you ask yourself, who are the people that you feel are ruining our nation or our culture, whatever that is, I think we all, whether we're willing to admit it or not, have have some kind of sense of individuals who we say to ourselves, oh, yes, one of those, it's people like that, you know, who are causing all of the problems. If if you can conjure up in your imagination someone like that, and then imagine Jesus says, oh, come follow me, and let's go to your place for dinner, you know, that's, you begin to get a taste of uh, the little twist that's going on here in, in what's, what's up with Jesus, and why this so stirs the pot then with the the Pharisees, again, and you can think of Pharisees are, are those who, again, have a strong sense of like, there is a way to do things, and we know it, and, and we will let you know when you've gotten out of, you know, they're the, the authority uh, yeah. of the faith at that time. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And then uh, here it is, that's my favorite line of Jesus. Those who are well have no need of a physician but rather those who are sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. So again, you go back to your conversation about, uh, let's use doctors again. You find a great doctor, and you know, you've know you got this friend who <laughs> has this, uh, this uh, horrible skin disease, but you know now there's this great doctor in town, and you know they're a specialist in that particular disease and could help your friend, uh, but your friend says, what skin disease? What are you talking about? 
you know, I, I, there's nothing wrong with me. That's kind of the, if you want to pretend you're not sick, the doctor can't treat you if you're not willing to say that you got something going on there. As you were talking about the situation in our country, um, my sense is that you could flip it either way. Side red is going to say, oh, those people on side blue, you know, or side B, those terrible sinners, you know, and then Jesus is eating with them. And you flip it the other way, and side blue is saying, oh, those terrible red people, and, you know, they're all full of sin, and what? Jesus is eating with them? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And both sides here, I believe, in this country are sitting there looking at the other side and going, whoa. They're terrible. They're awful. And you hear it day after day after day on, on the news. And, and to just have that shock of, what? And he's, like, hanging out with them? Yes. And what? <laughs> yes. So, so the, yeah, I mean, I think today is a perfect time for that, that shock to, to hit. Yes. And all the while to say, to say, those people over there are the problem, and I... I'm fine. I don't have any part in what the problem is. And the reality is we're all sinners. We're all part of the problem. Yes. Um, And I think that, that we all need a doctor. Uh, Whether you necessarily had an interest in getting to know Jesus and being in a relationship with him, um, who are some people in your life who have been a part of that uh, introduction, if you will? Again, whether it was one that you liked or not, um, who are some people, put that on the other side of the equation too, maybe who are some folks who you have been excited to or hopeful about or got to be a part of seeing them enter into that relationship with Jesus and seeing how it affected their life? What does it mean to be a sinner? To you, you know, when you think about that, when it says here Jesus was eating with the tax collectors and sinners, kind of thoughts or visions come to your mind. Who's who's around that table? And if you were to see that table today, who's sitting around it? And would you say that you're at that table? Where have we had or heard an authority or someone speaking for Christ speak into our lives? that uh, that made a difference for us. Just as the paralytic is hearing Jesus speak with authority into, into his situation. 